Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. I am so excited you guys have joined us for our special Love is Blind series. And today we have Wesley Bear, and I cannot wait to talk to him about his experience and also get to know him a little bit better since we didn't get to see much of him on the show. So Wesley, welcome! Yay! Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here. Tell the listeners where you're at. I'm here in Atlanta. Um, I've lived here my whole life. So I've been here uh, for some time, but I love it. It's a cool place. So, Wesley, we want to get to know you. Can you tell us kind of a little bit yep. about your childhood, kind of growing up? What kind of little kid were you? Were you close to your parents? Did you have a big family? All the good stuff. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Atlanta. I am um, very, very close with my mother. So I grew up with a single mother until I was about 12 years old. Uh, so I was very close with her and my grandparents and I was one of those kids where um, I did everything. I wanted to play every single sport possible. Um, I was always outside. I was always, you know, adventurous. And, uh, you know, it was hard not having a father during that time, but I became very close to my uncle. And uh, so I have a really good relationship with him. And, you know, then when I was about 12, my mom got married, and we moved from Sandy Springs, so like uh, almost center of Atlanta towards uh, North Georgia area. And so I went to high school up there, and, I played uh, played lacrosse, and I was I was a good kid. I just the the one thing about me is um, I always wanted to help my family, and so financially uh, we struggled, and I never really had the feeling of what uh, Christmas or birthdays were. You know, I didn't really get birthday presents or any of that, but I was I was very close with her, and you know that's what was more important to me. So it really taught me uh, you know hard work, responsibility. You know, I was working since I was 14 years old, and, um, you know, most of the time it was to help my family. And, you know, I knew I wanted to go to college. I really wasn't sure where, and so I started playing lacrosse, and I said, maybe this can lead to something. And I, uh, I got recruited to play at Kennesaw State. It was just a small club, you know, team. It wasn't anything crazy, no scholarship or anything like that. But I also wanted to stay close to home, and so I went to Kennesaw State. I uh, was there for about four and a half years. I joined a fraternity, which was one of the best decisions that I ever made. But it also led to me quitting lacrosse. And um, so I spent some time with my fraternity. And uh, I was a sports management major. So my dream was always to own my own sports team or to be a sports agent. And right before I graduated, I had this amazing opportunity. I, I told myself, I said, Wesley, you've got to be different than everyone else. You have to do something different. You know, everyone wants a job in sports. And so um, if anyone listening to this, if you search my name on Vimeo and watch one of those videos, you will probably laugh. Um, but I spent hours and hours and days and days uh, recording uh, videos of me basically asking sports teams for a job. And so I sent it to over 200 different sports teams all over the U.S. And wow. you know, I felt like it was the best way to showcase who I was rather than just sending a job application. And uh, it worked. And I had a great opportunity to uh, work for the Memphis Grizzlies. I was nervous. I had a girlfriend at the time, and I knew I would have to leave everything. And right before I left, my mom got pretty sick. And uh, she got diagnosed with celiac disease. And, you know, being very close with my mother, I knew I could have left, but uh, I wanted to stay here. And I didn't want to be away from her. So... You know, I ended up staying in Atlanta. 
Uh, got a really good job right at that time and was making great money, but I was stressful. Uh, everything was stressful. I was working 80 hours a week. Um, my anxiety was off the roof and I was like, this is not what it's about. Like I, you know, my dream was to work in sports, but maybe right now isn't the best time. And so I worked really hard and you know, saved up a bunch of money. And, uh, I got lucky enough that I got an Instagram message from someone saying, Hey, we're casting, uh, the show in Atlanta. And at the time I was like, man, I've always wanted to be on a TV show. I feel like I'm funny. You know, I, I think I'm funny. I make people laugh mm-hmm. and, um, it'd be pretty cool to be on a show. And I went through the process and I remember telling my, my parents about it. And I was like, this could be, this could be my way out of that job. You know, this could be life changing for me. Right. And, um, I wasn't dating anyone at the time, you know, hence why I was really applying for the show. And, and all my friends are like, Wesley, like, this is totally you, like, you got to do this. And, uh, I got lucky enough to get casted for it. And, you know, I'll share my journey through that. But, um, you know, one of the things I always tell people is, you know, taking responsibility of how, how your life is. You know, we, we all have uh, similar stories. It may be very different in the sense of how we got to where we are. Um, but if it wasn't for me learning about, you know, hard work and work ethic and all of that, I don't know if I would be where I am today. So um, I, I look at my life and say, you know what, I went through a lot of hard times, but I'm very grateful for those times. That's really great that you can share that with us because that is what it's all about and being able to, you know, reap the benefits of that in something like this wonderful once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, You deserve that, you know, wow, you've had, you know, a lot of different twists and turns in your life. And so I'm glad that something like that, not fell into your lap, but came your way, you know, because you did, you worked so hard. Um, by the way, I'm just curious, what fraternity were you in? Because I was at AKIO at University of Florida, which I know Georgia is uh, uh, our enemy, but, you know, we'll, we'll overlook that. <laughs> yeah, so I was, a, uh, I was a Theta Chi at Kennesaw State, so I was a oh, very Chi cool. fraternity. So you get recruited, and the girls told me that basically their, theirs came through like a DM on Instagram, so it sounds like the same thing happened to you. Now, did you mm-hmm. – did you – take it for what it was did you think that it, that somebody was just kind of like was it spam to you or did you yeah, take I, thought it? It, I thought it was spam you did I remember <laughs> um so the job I was working uh luckily enough we were able to do whatever we wanted to on our lunch break so we could go to the gym and come back to, you know like and wear whatever and I was getting back from the gym I had already taken like pre-workout previously so I was still kind of amped up I was really hyper and I checked my, my Instagram, and I was like, wait, this, this, this isn't real. Like, this is a fake message, because I've gotten messages like that before. Right. And I was like, I don't know if this is real. And then I looked at the person's profile, and it was like a casting profile. There was only, they had, I think, maybe 500 followers. So I was like, I don't know. If this, and I showed my buddy Jake, and he said, Wesley, why not take the call? You know, like, why not talk to him? And I said, okay. And so I messaged them back. And I say, hey, um, I'm able to speak right now if, if you're available. And they said, okay, you know, can you call us in 10 minutes? And I said, sure. Well, I thought the call was going to be 10 minutes, but I was uh, the talkative person I am. <laughs> I remember going to a sales room, and I was in there for 45 minutes. And my manager was like, what are you doing? And I was like, guys, like, I'm sorry. Like, I had to take this call. Um, and you know how I am. Like, I just love talking. And so I talked to the person for 45 minutes and, uh, she said, Hey, you know, I'm going to give this information to 
uh, our casting team, and if we want to move forward, we'll schedule another call, most, most likely uh, that'll be on Skype. And so I uh, went through that process, and I probably did 10 Skype calls total, maybe 10 different Skype calls, wow. um, several phone calls. Uh, I remember one of them, I was in Houston uh, with my buddy, and we were in this really nice hotel. It was like the 26th floor, had this deck, and it had a hot tub and a pool. I remember just sitting in the hot tub, and I get a call, and it was uh, one of the casting producers. I remember talking to her, and she's like, what are you doing right now? And I said, I'm actually sitting in a hot tub. <laughs> like, I'm talking <laughs> to you. Like, She was like, well, I just need to ask you some questions. I said, sure. And um, so I went through that process, and you know they have to do certain testing, and you have to, you know, Netflix wants to make sure that you're not crazy. And so they, yeah. I'm sure they interviewed some of my friends, and you know, don't really know too much about that, but I know that they have to go through those protocols to make sure that, you know, if we're going to put this person on TV, that they're okay with being on TV, so. I mean, the the process must be just very tedious, and um, that's what the girls were telling me, you know, how they couldn't believe. I mean, I think Danielle said it was a five-month process for her, which just sounds crazy long, but you get it. I mean, you want to have someone who's of sound mind and body, you know, on that on the show uh, representing them. So they're, they're going to be really careful yeah, with that. I think mine was about, so I was told a day before my birthday. So I found out like five days before we started. So it was like September 26th. And I think they reached out to me in July. So it was about a three month process. For oh, that's me. pretty quick. It was a lot of like, Hey, you're probably going to make it. We don't know yet, though. So it was it was pretty nerve-wracking. Like, I was waiting for that next message, hoping that it wasn't bad news. Right. So. Oh, my gosh. So that day that you were told it's a go and you were on the cast, I mean, what were you feeling? Were you excited? Were you nervous? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I think the thing I was most nervous about was uh, what we're allowed to wear. So, like <laughs> – when I got the email saying, hey, you can't wear this, you can't wear this, just for mainly your camera purposes. Right. But I was more nervous about like, oh my gosh, I got to buy new clothes and I got to do this. And I remember sitting there and I'm also one of those guys that I pack, I pack like a girl. Like I always <laughs> want to make sure that I have enough things. And so I had two big suitcases and I remember some of the guys saying, why do you have so much? And I'm like, guys, well, we have to have this, we have to have that and you never know. You know, the room could be hot one day, and like that's the way I look at every situation. So um, I definitely overpacked, but I uh, had extra options. So uh, that was the thing that I was a little nervous about was, was that, and I think just not – I didn't want to be someone that I wasn't. Like, I didn't want to go on the show and try to show off or try to be the center of attention uh, because I am a very communicative person. So I am one of those guys that I like talking. But I didn't want to be the guy where people were like, this dude's annoying. Like, he just won't shut up. Right. And so I had to kind of, like, focus on how how I was going to not only act on the show, uh, but being true to myself. So that's – I didn't want to be I, – I think I was nervous that I was going to be maybe portrayed different than I actually was. Which I think is such a normal feeling to have, especially if you've watched any reality TV shows. You know that mm-hmm. people get edits that – are positive and negative. I mean, some yep. are really, really bad. So that would be a very normal, um, you know, response and, and feeling to have uh, going into it. Okay, so you're on the cast, and then how long after that did you actually start filming the show? 
Um, so we started, you know, it's five days after, I think October 1st we started. Oh, wow. So what, we moved in, we moved in on October 1st. So I found out uh, five days before. And so uh, I got the call late at night. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And I was like so excited. And my mom was like, Wesley, like, this is your time. This is your chance. Like, you know, go show everyone who you are. And like, she's like, I'm not worried about you because we're on a show that we're focusing on. Can you fall in love with someone without seeing them? And if communication is your strong suit, it puts you at a very high advantage. And so that's one of the things that um, I looked at it as. And I was sitting there and I'm like, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to do good. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried. I wasn't worried for that reason. So it was about five days and then we moved on in there and then we were in there for 11 days, 10 days, I think. Oh my gosh. And when you started meeting the guys, you know, one by one, were you jiving? Were you getting along with them? Well, was it kind of, um, just a ton of different personalities? Like how was that meeting all the, all the different guys? Yeah, um, I think everyone had their own kind of, you know, personality, I guess you would say. I, I got very close with a few of the guys, um, but I'm also one of those, those people that, you know, I accept a person for who they are, um, even if they do annoy me a little bit. Like, I'm not going to judge them for that. And so I looked at every person as, you know, a, a hopefully someone that, you know, is family to me. And so everyone had, you know, their, their own kind of way of, you know, how they represented themselves, but um, you had a few guys that were really cocky. You know, you had a few guys that were very calm. You had a few guys that were just really excited about the experience, maybe very level-headed. And so it was good, it was good to have that kind of mixture. Um, I think of of uh, you know having fourteen other guys near you. So, who were you closest to in the house out of the guys? Uh, so Matt was. I was very close with Matt. Matt Thomas. He um, we both very big in the meditation. Uh, we both like to travel, and so I became very close with him, and we prayed together, and um, so I was very close with him and Barnett and uh, Kenny. I think all of us were, you know, everyone got to see small little parts of, like, you know, the guys being around each other, uh, but they really did miss on the parts of us, like, connecting as brothers. Uh, we didn't look at it as, like, a, a competition. It was more of, like, hey, we're there to find our one, uh, but we're also here to, you know, hopefully build relationships with, you know, and friendships with uh, people that are that are with us through this experiment. So. Oh, I love that. What a great attitude to have, too. I know I was really kind of bummed, too, that we did not see the camaraderie that I'm sure happened between the guys and, and the girls, you know, the bonding. Um, I think that would have been really nice for us to see because it would just give us like a whole nother dimension to the show and you guys would feel more real you know to us and relatable yeah. so I do wish that they'd done that hopefully in season two which they just announced that they're going to have a season two which is great I hope they'll do that in the next season for sure so tell us about you know meeting Nick and Vanessa I mean that first day I remember Danielle saying there's that you guys are meeting 15 girls uh you know you each are meeting 15 um so tell me yeah. how that was yeah so it's, it's pretty funny as uh, people will see in the first episode um, I'm in like the very beginning about talking about being short and they have me walking in and in the scene, I'm like walking in and I'm standing next to the guys that are the tallest. Oh. And so it made, it, look, it made my, my, uh, part look pretty bad when I was saying that, but, uh, I was mentioning about a story about how I was denied at a bar from a girl because she said I was too short. So I wasn't complaining about being short, but, um, it was, it was funny being able to see that cause I was on the first day. 
And so walking in and, you know, then sitting down and we didn't know who the hosts were going to be. Like none of us did. And so when they walked in, I was like, oh, wait, Nicoche, <laughs> like 98 degrees Nicoche. Like, and so that was pretty cool. And, and they were, they were amazing. Um, you know, some of the stuff people didn't get to see is we got interviewed by them almost every day. Oh, so wow. we were communicated with them every day. Not, not both Nick and Vanessa, but Nick was with the guys a lot. And um, it would have been cool for others to see that. And so, you know, we would get out of some of the dates and Nick would talk to us and ask us how it went. Um, but, yeah, the first day was a little overwhelming. Um, you know, we didn't know how it was going to go. We didn't know how it was going to play out. And then just going in there and them saying, hey, you guys are going on 15 dates today. We were like, what? 15? <laughs> like, what? Like, that's crazy. And um, I still remember – I'm about 99% sure. Uh, but the first person I went on a date with was Brianna. And I remember standing, you know, in front of that pod and I was in the last pod. And so I was in, they had them like numbered and I was in one of the last ones and just walking in and, uh, I was like, man, this is surreal. Like this is way different than what I thought it was going to be. Um, and then, you know, you would go on a date and then another one, and then you might have a break. Um, so there were only, there were only 10 rooms and there was 15 guys. So five people wouldn't be on a date. Um, so you would have breaks. So it wasn't like I went on 15 dates back to back to back to back to back. Um, you would have times where we would eat or we would, you know, hang out. And so it was good to have those extra breaks because uh, I think I would have been like, my my armpits would have been sweating so much if I had gone like 15 <laughs> dates like back to back. You're like, you know, can I like, shower, please, and then go back to another date? I need to yeah, shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'd be so nervous. Um, but it was it was a cool. I mean, we we were there till probably two or three in the morning, like just doing dates. Whoa. So it was the first day was very very long. Dang, and yeah, I remember Brianna saying that you were her first date. So what were your first impressions when you you know when you heard Brianna's voice when you started talking to her and just the experiment kind of took life, like it just took over and it was, it was real, you know, did it finally feel real to you? Yeah. Um, I would say some of the dates were like that. Some of them, I felt like, I think you can take it in a few ways. Uh, one, you could tell someone was nervous. I think all of us had somewhat of, you know, just our nerves being shot a little bit, but, um, I went into it. I think, you know, right when I was standing in front of that door, my heart was racing, but when I walked in and sat down and, uh, Brianna has a very soothing voice and I've told her this, like she's she an does. amazing speaker, yeah. very sweet. And, um, she was in my top, you know, so she was one of the girls that I went on several dates with and, uh, you know, just, I became as comfortable as I could be. I, I looked at it as like, they're in the same position we are, mm -hmm. you know, but I think for me, I, my strategy, I guess you would say a strategy. I didn't want to talk so much. But I felt like, um, especially in the beginning, I was the one having to talk a lot. Um, mm. And maybe the other guys felt the same way, you know, because, you know, I've been on dates in person where the girl may be a little nervous in the beginning. And so um, I think that for me, I wanted to ask as many questions as I could. You know, you get seven minutes and you're judging someone within those seven minutes and you might never go on another date with them. So, you know, there was a few people I went on dates with and I was like, man, I've I feel like there's something there, but I, I don't know because it was so hard to tell with just in a seven-minute time frame. So you had to really, I think, ask the right questions, uh, focus on what matters most and your values. You know, if you're very against something, whatever it may be, 
uh, you might want to take that in, into consideration. So for me, I kind of just went into it as, you know what, like, I'm going to be myself. I want to ask the right questions. You know, I want to make sure to be with a girl that cares about family that's, uh, you know, spiritual in whatever way she is, you know, somebody that has uh, goals in life and somebody that really wants to grow themselves internally. And so those were the things that were really important to me um, when I was going on the date. Oh, that's good. And you, you touched on, you know, certain deal breakers. So you knew that, hey, these are my things that I have that, you know, I'm really not going to be flexible with. Um, I think yeah. that's so, so important. So you did, you went about it the right way. How did you keep track of each date? So did you have like a tracking system? Did you have like stars? Did you have, you know, any sort of like, I don't want to say ranking, but, you know, yeah, like a ranking mm-hmm. system kind of. Yeah, I mean, each of us had a notebook, so we could take notes. Um, you know, there would be certain things that I would write beforehand, like, okay, I want to touch on these points. Um, but, yeah, I had kind of like a kind of a ranking system, I guess you would say. Uh, but for me, it was more of like, if I knew I wanted to go on another date with that person, I would put like a, a heart next to it, Aww. you know. And, um, you know, after, after the first day, it went down from like 15 to – I think 10 maybe it was eight or 10 dates um so i focused on that and like we didn't know how it was going to work we didn't know like how do we know if this person likes us like how do we know if we're going to get another date with them so they had their you know analytics or whatever they put together that kind of made it work mm-hmm. um but i think each of us had people that we liked that maybe they didn't like us as much or as high and so there were a few that you know i didn't get to go on another date with that i maybe wanted to get to know a little bit better Okay, because you both kind of had to have the same rankings um, to get another date, to go to the next date. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't have, like, I couldn't put somebody at one and that person has me at 10. And, you know, the chances of me maybe going on another date with them are slimmer. Right. Depending on how their rankings are, so. So you had to rank them, like, you had to rank all 15, like, 1 through 15? I don't think we did all 1 through 15. I think it was our, like, top 10. Okay. So it was, like, our top 10 of who we thought was most compatible for us. So we didn't – they didn't make us do, like, all 15. It wouldn't – that would have been kind of crazy. But yeah. it would be, like, our top 10 of, like, who we liked the most, you know, who we felt like we connected with. Because I think, you know, for every guy and girl, the dates you went on, there were going to be a few that you were like, maybe this one isn't the right fit for me. Um, but at least everyone had, I think, a, a pretty good list of, say, maybe 8 to 12 people that were good fits. Oh, that's uh, the good. The more they get to know them, so that's really good. So the next day, they would give you a list of who your dates were. No, we didn't know who they were. We like we didn't know at all. So oh. um, you would kind of tell them like who you liked the most, and the next day, like we would have dates scheduled, but we were never told. Hey, just so you know, this date is you're going to be with this person. Oh my god! You gosh. didn't know until you walked in. Yeah, so you didn't know until you heard. Some of us would play little games like. Girl, you know, get in and start talking and be like, "Who do you think this is?" You know, like, oh, no. "Who do you think I am?" And so you you would hope to uh, not guess the wrong answer. But um, I tried to remember in voices as much as I could. Uh, so yeah, that's we didn't know um, until we were actually in the room. So that's crazy. I mean, if you have fifteen dates and the next day you're supposed to remember someone's voice, that would be so yeah. difficult. So were you, before you did this show, I mean, were you dating, had you had like a healthy dating life or were you just more like a one woman guy? Like how how was your dating life beforehand? Yeah. um, So right before 
before then, um, so let's see, this was in October, uh, I had three serious relationships, um, two of them being in college, one after. Okay. And I don't know why, but like I had a, maybe a thing for girls that all started with the letter A. Um, <laughs> I did, the three girls I dated all started with the letter A. All three of them were nurses, which was also crazy um, oh. as well. Uh, but I didn't have, I, I dated a girl, um, her name was Ashley, for about two and a half years, and things, you know, didn't work out, and, you know, I took, I took some time for myself, and, you know, I, I had then gotten into a relationship with someone else that um, ended up uh, moving, and she ended up leaving for her ex-boyfriend um, mm. that she was in an abusive relationship with, and I didn't understand it. I sat there and I said, why? Like, I did everything for this girl, you know, the one thing, any relationship that I get in, um, I treat them just like I would treat my mother. So my mother is my everything. So if I'm in a relationship with someone, I'm going to give them my all. You know, I'm one of those guys that will do, you know, go the extra mile and plan, you know, cool, unique dates. And that's just the way I've always been because I was never really given much. And so I always wanted to give back. And um, I think that I expected um, not a lot from people I was in relationships with, but I was never really given much. I was always the one that was giving. Mm. And so after those relationships, I said, you know what? Like, I got to work on myself. Like, I don't need someone right now to make me happy because uh, your internal happiness is most important. You can't be in a relationship and love someone else until you love yourself. Yeah. And so I, uh, I took that time and, you know, I really wasn't even dating at all. Like, I was maybe going on a few dates here and there, but I was so consumed in my work. Um, in the career that I was in that I, I didn't have time for it. You know, okay. I was working 10 hours, 11 hours a day and going to the gym twice a day every day. And so I wouldn't get home till eight o'clock every day. And so, you know, for me, it was, it was kind of hard. And, um, right. and then I, you know, when I got the opportunity, I was like, I, I was ready to settle. You know, I was at a point to where um, I'm not one of those guys that just like, I won't go to the bars to try to pick up girls because to me, I didn't get anything from that and I don't like the feeling afterwards. And so I wanted to be with somebody that I could see myself with for the rest of my life. And uh, when the opportunity came up for Love is Blind, I said, this could be that opportunity. You know, this is a place where you can become so vulnerable and so open mm -hmm. and everyone is in the same position as you. You know, a lot of us were either in maybe bad relationships or just not in relationships you know, for a long time because we wanted to work on ourselves. And, you know, so a lot of us were at that point to where we were ready for the next step. Oh my gosh. That's so perfect for you. Yeah. I'm, I was just curious kind of what, um, what had happened prior to the show. So how are you feeling when you're, when you're having these dates and, you know, each day it's getting less and less dates and the dates are getting longer and you're getting to know these people more and more are, a few girls kind of sticking out to you at this, at this point, like kind of midway or like a few days in? Yeah, I would say by like day three, you kind of would know like your top three or four uh, for most people. You know, you, you weren't getting as many dates. You know, we went from say 15 to, you know, 10 to 8 to 7 to 6, however the numbers were. I don't really remember, but um, you kind of had your maybe three to four that you uh, were connected to. And so for me, uh, Kelly, uh, Lexi, uh, Brianna was very close with those three. Mm -hmm. um, Lexi, the thing about her was her voice. You know, she had, uh, you know, this amazing voice. And I tell her, I was like, that was the first thing that attracted me to you because I can't see you. And, 
I always remembered it too. And she would always like the first three dates, um, she, I would say, what's my name? And she would always say someone else. And I'm like, come on now. Like, can you get this right? Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I would say by like day three, you really got down to your, you know, top three or four that, uh, you wanted to invest more time with, you wanted to get to know better because, you know, none of us knew who we really liked. Like the guys would talk about it, but the guys, I don't think were as open as much as the girls. Um, so guys kind of, you know, they're, they're trying to get their girl. Like they're not going to start talking about her in front of other men. Right. And so that didn't happen as much on our side. Um, I think for Matt, me and him talked about it. Um, but I didn't, I wasn't the guy that like told everyone like, Oh my God, I'm so interested in this girl and this girl and this girl, because then they could be interested in her. And then I don't know where they're at in that timeline of, as well. And so for me, I kind of like didn't talk about it too much. Um, I kind of laid low and focused on, you know, the dates themselves. Um, so I didn't want to like, be like, Oh my God, the date with this person was so amazing guys. And I want y'all all to hear about it. Like, <laughs> I think most of the men were kind of quiet about that. That's um, interesting. I mean, it doesn't surprise yeah. me how guys, you know, are gen in general, but that's a really smart strategy though. Definitely on your part. And it sounds like the guys kind of all were doing that and you just were developing your own relationships among each other. Um, but then you had that support system, which was really good too. Like I said, I wish we had seen yeah. more of that. At what point were you thinking, okay, I think I have maybe two, like a top two? I actually, for me, I knew um, after the second day, like I knew Lexi was the one. Oh, um, okay. I don't know why I had this feeling. And I had talked to her about it after like the fourth day. And I let her know, hey, you're you're my number one. Like I want to get to know you more. Like oh. I, I really enjoyed that um she you know, spoke a lot about her family and the importance of it, and she loves to travel and great head on her shoulders. And you know, so I had my you know final one to two. Um, you know, within the first few days, you know, we I would say we were scheduled dates with other people to maybe see if there was a possibility. And so um, I think for for me, Lexi and Kelly were in my top two the, mostly the whole time. Okay. Um, I really wanted to get to know both of them. I think both of them have uh, very similar characteristics. You know, I was a guy that I was, you know, wanted to talk a lot about health and fitness, and that's something that Kelly is uh, very knowledgeable about. Yes. So we would just sit there and talk about, like, dieting and stuff for, <laughs> like, hours. Um, <laughs> wow. And, uh, and, but then with Lexi, it was something different. Um, you know, I felt like the conversations just flowed so easy. Um, everything was just natural. Um, and then it was day five, we were able to, uh, do something cool for the pod. So most people don't know about this, but we were able to decorate it. We couldn't decorate it, but the, um, production crew would decorate it or bring something over to the other person if we wanted them to. And, you know, I was telling Lexi about how as a kid, I never had the feeling of Christmas. I never, you know, I had a family. But I never had the feeling, I always wanted that feeling of walking downstairs and there's Christmas tree and there's presents and everyone is happy and laughing and there's mm -hmm. music and we're watching sports. Like that was my, that's all I wanted as a kid. And, you know, telling my mom that after the show, I told her, I said, I never really had that. That's all I wanted. And uh, I told Lexi about that and I walked into one of the dates and um, I didn't know, who, you know, who it was that I was on a date with, like I mentioned. And so I walked in. And I knew immediately who it was because 
the um, room was decorated with Christmas lights, and there was a Santa hat, and there was music playing, and there was, like, uh, cheesecake, so I love cheesecake, Uh, so there was cheesecake, and so she remembered all that, and I just immediately started crying, like, tearing up, because, you know, that's when I knew fully, you know, that's when I knew fully she was invested as as much as I was. Um, You're going to make me cry. You're going to make us cry. It was something that was, uh, it, it meant a lot to me, you know, to have somebody that remembers that, not only, but can just say, you know what, that's what I want to do. I want to bring Christmas to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, to do it in a way where it was just so unique. And I didn't have that with anyone else. Um, you know, and I did something for her as well. And so that day was the one where I, I remember walking out and I was like, holy crap, like, this is like, unless I'm crazy and mm-hmm. there's some other guy that's like better for her, like, I don't see this being any different. Like, I see this person being there the whole time. And so it was, um, you know, most of us knew within those first few days, but you wanted to get to know that person, uh, you know, even more. You know, spending, you know, we had nighttime dates. So there were some dates that were two hours, three hours long. Oh, wow. And so we'd get to know that person for, you know, three, four hours. Um, you know, you go into it and you'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in here forever. But when you're not focused on time, you can't see time. You know, you just focus on that person. So. Right, right. Oh my gosh. And just to have all distractions taken away. I mean, just to have that person be your one and only focus. Mm-hmm. We don't get to do that in real life. You know, that's such a special um, thing that you were able to do, a special experience. Wow. I'm just kind of choked up right now. It's so sweet. Um <laughs> When this happened with the room decorating and, you know, the longer and longer dates, what, at what point were you guys like through a full week at that point or not even yet? Yeah, we were, no, we were, that was probably day five. So oh, wow. 10 day, okay. 10 day experiment. So that was probably, I think we moved in maybe on like a Monday. Um, so I think it was Friday, Friday or Saturday. We didn't really know. We didn't have a phone or anything. So yeah. we didn't know. We had no track of time. Um, I don't think our microwave even had a time on it, oh uh, from what I remember. So a lot of us didn't know. We kind of just told, hey, you're next, or hey, your date is next. And so that's what we did. And um, Wow. Yeah. It was, uh, it was about, yeah, probably day five. Five or six is when everything started getting real, and you were doing maybe, you know, four dates, five dates a day, but you were doing them twice. So you would do them in the morning, and then you would do them at, like, a nighttime date. Oh, you got to talk to them twice in one day? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, some I of the days that. we got to talk to them twice. So um, not every day we had nighttime dates, but, like, some of the days we would do, like, maybe an hour or two in the morning. And then later on at night we would also go on another date with that person, maybe only, like, 30 minutes. But um, we also had nighttime dates. So, like, a lot of people saw us dressed in really nice clothes. But there were times to where we were in shorts and a T-shirt. We didn't always have to be fully dressed like that so that was uh it was good to just get comfortable especially if it's like 10 o'clock at night and you're on another date with someone right well I love that that you were seeing them twice because I'm sure you were kind of starting to like miss them you know miss her and wanting to talk mm-hmm. to her more and more I mean in real life you know you can just pick up the phone anytime or text someone at any time you're thinking of them so I'm glad that they were able to have you guys you know kind of spend more time like that in one day when you're getting towards the end of this, I mean, are you feeling like I could really propose to this person? Were you falling in love? Like, were you feeling feelings of love for Lexi? Yeah, 
I, I would say this. Um, I I know the word love is, is, is big. I think that sometimes we confuse passion with love. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I went into it and I spent all that time just working on myself and loving who I was. And so I think after like, you know, day five or six, you were focused on that one person. You were literally going in there and you're on this date and you became emotional in several moments or vulnerable. And you're, you know, I'm one of those guys where I pace around. So, you know, I'd be in the pod and just walking around, walking around and talking. And um, there were those moments where I walked out and I was like, okay, I can see myself with this person. I came and see her and I'm going to potentially be with her the rest of my life. And so after about five or six days, that's when those feelings started to become real. I think in the first few days, it was a little overwhelming because you're on so many dates and you're also like not wanting to make the wrong decision on who you're trying to pick. Um, And uh, so as the days got longer and longer and you saw less people, you knew, okay, this person's interested in me. You know, is this the person I see myself with? Is this person just you know, a great person and I want to get to know them, but it might not be at the level of say marriage. And so I kind of had that feeling after, you know, the first week when I was just like hunkered down saying, this is, this is it. Like, this is, this is either going to work or not. You know, I kind of went into it as like with Lexi. Um, I knew she was the one. And so I didn't, you know, yes, I went on dates with other people and I'm so blessed and uh, to have that opportunity. But I think that if it came down to the end, like it was either her or I was going to be alone. You know, that's the kind of way I looked at it because I invested so much time into her and uh, into us that I was like, this is the one I want to be with. Oh my gosh. So when it came down to that last final day, did you have any doubt in your mind that you were going to propose? No. Um, I think I was way more, like in my own self, I think it was the most confidence I've had because um, we had talked about it. You know, like and I had talked about it. Okay. So um, I wasn't, you know, we didn't, we couldn't say like, Hey, you know, we're going to be together, but we both had the same feelings of like, we think we're, you know, going to be together. Um, it wasn't really vocalized, um, to the sense of, okay, I'm going to, I want to marry you. But it was like, Hey, I want to be with you. And like, if this continues, like I can see myself with you. And so we talked about it and, um, you know, I went into it in the day that I proposed, um, I don't think, I don't know, you know, looking back at it, I wasn't nervous that she was going to say no, because I think both of us are such good communicators that we were able to speak on it beforehand. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't kind of like a situation where we're like, uh, is this not going to work? Is this maybe going to work? Like we were both pretty confident in it, I think. How did you do the proposal? Did you have it all planned out in your head? Um, exactly what you were going to say, how you were going to do it? I remember the night before writing down a bunch of stuff and I remember walking into there and uh, I told her, I said, you know what? I have this whole list of things that I want to talk to you about, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to read it. I said, I'm going to, I don't, I didn't feel real by just doing that. And so I said, I'm going to be as real as I can get with you. And so I remember just like ripping it up and putting it down and saying like, this is, you know, I think it was probably, we had two hours with each other that time. Um, You know, and I asked her within the first 30 minutes. So I asked her in the first 30 minutes and then we got to spend time just like, you know, both crying and, you know, she was definitely more emotional than I was, which I expected. Um, But both of us just like sitting there saying, oh my gosh, this is real. I can't believe it. Like, this is, this is crazy. And like tomorrow we're going to be able to see each other. So I didn't have anything like, um, 
you know, crazy plan because um, I just wanted to sit there and be like open. I don't want to have like any kind of external factors that came into play. I just wanted it to be like our moment. So. Oh my gosh. So obviously she said yes. And then did you sleep that night? I mean, I can't imagine what you're feeling. (laughs) No, I don't think any of the guys that did sleep. Um, I think most of us were just uh, awake of all the energy and like excitement. So um, I remember it was probably about two or three hours of sleep I got. And then the next day, just getting up and getting ready for the reveal. And that day was, you know, looking back, I'm trying, I don't remember every single thing but I remember like there was a lot of open time Uh, so in the beginning of the day I remember us being fully dressed for hours just waiting you know Mm. waiting for a moment Um, because all of us got engaged on the same day right there was no one that got engaged on day one all of us did it the same day but um, I was the first one to go so I think for me I was a little nervous of the setting itself oh wow Um, like I was nervous of like how many cameras would be there and how it was going to be and like you know I wasn't worried about how she looked, um, but I was worried about maybe how she, what she thought of me. You know, I think all of us kind of had that in our, in our head. Like, I hope that she likes me, you know. I hope, I hope uh, you know, I'm the right one for her. And uh, we were the first ones to go, so. Oh, my gosh. Now, just try to explain to us how that reveal was. Just, I, I'm sure it's hard to explain, um, but just do yeah. your best. <laughs> You know, I remember being in the room, the room that everyone sees on the show, and, you know, picking out the rings. So each one of us got to pick out a certain ring. Uh, I think there was, I believe there was three, three or four choices. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I just grabbed one. Like, I looked at one, I said, okay, this one's good. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to spend too much time. But um, there was a, a little bit of alcohol in there, in the room, like a whiskey <laughs> bottle. And I remember just pouring a shot and just, like, you know, taking a shot. And I was like, oh, nope, this is what I needed. Yes. Uh, and I was nervous. And um, I remember Nick walking in, and he fixed my collar, and he said, you're looking good. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the door that all of us you know, came out of, I stood in front of it for maybe five minutes, just standing there waiting and waiting and waiting. And we didn't know when it was going to open. Oh, my gosh. And then it opening, and, you know, some of the guys ran, some guys just walked, and I was like, I'm going to run. But I'm, like, hoping that I don't trip. <laughs> and uh, so, so I ran you know, towards her, and the first thing I see, I think she's wearing a, uh, I, I don't even look at her face, I'm just looking at the dress, because I, like, had my head down, and then when I was looking up, I kind of, like, went from bottom to top, Aww. and so I was like, there was, was a red dress, and um, I, uh, <laughs> I, like, ran at her, and, like, I went to kiss her, and she accidentally, like, turned her face, not on purpose, and so it was kind of like an awkward cheek kiss, and um, <laughs> we, uh, we we, we talked and I, I said one thing to her and I, uh, right when we got there and I said, Hey, and she said, what? And I said, you, <laughs> I said, you smell like a spray tan. <laughs> that was the first <laughs> word that I went out. And, uh, I still remember it. Like I said, you smell like a spray tan or I said something like that. Oh she my was like, God. Oh my gosh. Like, and, um, cause I could tell too, she's pretty tan anyway. Um, and then we just stood there and I like, talked, I think for about 20 minutes. So we got about 20 minutes to just, talk about going on the trip together and talk about how we couldn't wait to be in Cancun and, you know, spend that time with each other. And, um, you know, we danced and, you know, then that next day, all of us finding out that we weren't going on that adventure. We weren't going on that experience. So that was tough. You know, when you go through that and you go through it with someone else and, you know, 
I didn't know that there was going to be eight couples that matched. You know, I didn't know. Right. You know, I looked at it as, as it got closer to the end. I was like, okay, maybe like five or six, like in my head. Um, but it worked better than we had thought and better than the production had thought. And so, you know, having eight people, I didn't have any doubt in my mind that, oh, I might not be on this journey. You know, because I knew how positive both of us were. And I was like, this That'd be great for TV. Like, we need that. Like, you know, reality TV, we see a lot of drama, and that's great, but we also need some positivity to show others, like, this does work and this can work. Right. And, yeah, um, sure. So I was kind of confused, you know, for that reasoning. I was like, did I do something wrong? Like, were we too nice? Like, were we, <laughs> you know, and that's when you go back to, to start thinking, like, you know, what if I was this? Or what if I did this? But then I was like, you know what? Then that wouldn't have been me. You know, if I was you know, drama, that wouldn't have been me. Right. So I, I look at it as like, I stay true to myself and, you know, we're now hoping that that story does come out more because there are people like us out there. There are people that are able to build that connection and that, you know, care about the certain things that we cared about. And so, um, it's a bummer that I think America was not able to see that story and that, uh, you know, everything that would have potentially played out. Well, I agree completely. And, you know, when I found an article that showed, that had listed everyone who participated, I was like, I don't know these people. How, why don't I know these people, you know? And it really upset me and I did some more digging and I just thought to contact you guys because you do have beautiful stories to share. It does make me upset for you and disappointed for you because you did deserve to have that entire experience. My question is when you first saw Lexi, was it instant attraction? I mean, I think I think a lot of us, you know, especially when you date online and you meet someone in person, especially if you've been talking to them for a while, you know, you have this like image built into in your head about this person. Did it match kind of what you were expecting? Did she kind of describe herself when you guys were in the pods getting to know each other? Yeah, we didn't talk too much about like how we looked, but I mean, I told her my hair color. I told her um, how tall I was. Um even though five nine is not short, um, supposedly no. people are now finally reaching out to me saying, "Wesley, that's not short." And I'm like, "It's not." <laughs> I was like, a, "I'm just uh, me and myself and Mark were two of the shorter guys on the show. It felt like all the guys were like six two and six three. And um, so, you know, seeing her for the first time, and I told her this, it, she was different than what I would normally go for. Oh, okay. I've always went for five foot two, five foot three, brown haired, big into fitness girls, like. That's my natural, like, attraction. Like, I I tell, you know, I told him on the show that, like, a Sophia Bush kind of, like, oh, Sophia yeah. Bush, how she looks is the girl that I would normally go for. Yeah. And going on that show, I was, like, I've dated, like, maybe in high school, one girl that had blonde hair my whole life. And also, she's 5'6", I think, 5'5". Five, five. So she's a little bit taller. She was actually taller than me once she had heels on, or we were at least the same height. Um, and, uh, so she was a lot different than the girls that I'd normally go for. And I think that's what was so cool about the experience is because it, you know, when you go for a certain type, it's very hard for you to get away from that if you're so used to looking for that. And so for me, when she told me her features, I was like, you know what, like it, it's great, but it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter because we're not here for looks. We're here to fall in love with some of you without seeing them and just focusing on their heart. And so she did look very similar to how I had in my head. I think she told me. Um, from what I remember, she's like, I, I look a little like Reese Weatherspoon or she, oh, okay. she had mentioned some celebrity. And so, um, I kind of had that like picture in my head. Um, but yeah, when, when I saw her, I was like, 
a little nervous because when she had heels on, I was like, God, I'm I'm not too short for her. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure, but like, you know, a girl was, she had big heels on, so I was like, ah, we were like the exact height. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I was excited. I was happy for everything because, um, you know, after those first five or six days, you know, you're going on dates and I'd go on dates and just close my eyes and just focusing on like, I can't see them anyway, but I would kind of just picture myself just sitting in a room with them, just focusing on what they're saying rather than how they look, you know, cause a lot of people will, will judge you just on how you look Oh yeah. Um, rather than actually getting to know you. And that's why I bring up the story about being in a bar. For me, I'm a confident guy. I'll walk up to anyone. I'll talk to anyone. And I remember that day that girl told me that I was like, man, maybe I am too short. Maybe I, Maybe I am like, you know, need to go for girls that are shorter than her. But then I was like, you know what? This isn't what it's about. Right. You know, and now, you know, if I was dating and, you know, I was trying to date someone, I would go into it as, you know what? Like I had this experience like, you know, a year and a half ago and it's totally changed my perspective on dating. Oh, I love that. By the way, my husband is 5'7 and I'm like 5'7. Basically, we're exactly the same height. And on, <laughs> yeah, and on our wedding day, um, I was, you know, I told him, I was like, well, I got you some special shoes that'll make you just a little bit taller than me because I just didn't want, you know, I just didn't want to be taller than him. Well, the shoes never showed up. So I was pretty upset that day, but you know what? It doesn't matter. I mean, we both looked beautiful and, you know, we felt great and it's just, it's so not important. And I'm so glad that I was able to get over that because um, I had dated, you know, taller guys. And so I get that. But you're right. I mean, it's just, it's so not important. So I'm dying to know what happened after the show. You guys did not get to go to Mexico. You got robbed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happened after maybe everyone else left and then it was, what, like the eight of you that didn't go? Mm -hmm. Is that right? It was uh, two couples. So it was, it was four of us that oh, four. Um, okay. weren't able to go on the journey. Yeah, four that weren't able to go on the journey. Um, and after that, it was hard. I mean, I remember the next day, um, being told, Hey, like two people come into my room saying, Hey, we don't want to mess this up for you guys. Uh, but unfortunately we're not able to follow your journey. And I said, well, if you want to, if you think we're going to work, then why wouldn't you want to follow our journey? And that was my message to them. Right. Um, because they had mentioned, you know, we think you're great together. We don't want to mess this up. And I said, well, aren't we on a show where we're trying to fall in love with somebody like and marry them? you taking us away, that isn't going to help it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I, you know, told them. And, you know, but I had to respect it. And uh, we dated for some time after that. And uh, we spent some time together. And, you know, I uh, was on like a FaceTime call with her, her family. And she was with my mom as well. And so I got to know them. Um, but I think for us, we got back to reality. And both of us had just quit our jobs. So the day after the show, I quit my job of four years that I was at. She had quit her job right before the show, and so the dating worked out, but I think we were both at a place to where we needed to figure out our careers, and I think that um, if we had stayed on the show, you know, having cameras around us and everything, it may have changed things. It may have changed things for the sense of us, like, being like, you know what, like, we'll worry about this later. But I think for us, we had so much time together that we were like, why don't we work on this? Like, why don't we work on our careers? And you know, for me, um, we took a little break and, you know, I did some research and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And for me, I had always wanted to travel. And I had a coach at the time, a life coach, and his name was Ruben. And he said, Wesley, 
to say, you do so much for everyone else, you need to go fill your cup up. It's empty. Mm. And um, I, that day, it was a Tuesday, and I remember like leaving Starbucks because I was on a call with him, and I got home, and I saw an ad for um, uh, Bali, like people being in Bali. And I told him, I said, Ruben, I've always wanted to hang out with elephants. He goes, well, go do it. Hmm. And I guess our phones do hear us because then I got an ad for elephants, like hanging out with elephants in Thailand. Oh, my god! And I was like, this is, all these things are happening at once. And I had, we had lived close to each other, um, probably two miles from each other. And I had my own apartment. She had her own apartment. And I uh, started, you know, being like, what can I do? Like, I want to travel, but like, what can I really do? Do I go for a few weeks? Do I go for some time? And I remember selling everything I owned. Like I sold every single thing I had besides some clothes, a little bit of clothes, um, shoes, my bed, like just the bed, um, and my car. And I took every bit of the rest of it at my parents' house, and I saved up some money for my last job, and I booked a one-way flight to Bali. And everyone thought I was crazy, um, and it was a little crazy, but I think you have to be somewhat crazy to do something like that. Um, And for me... It changed my life drastically, you know, going over there. I spent five months in uh, Southeast Asia, so I traveled to 10 different countries, and I spent some time in Europe, and, you know, I saved money. You know, people were like, Wesley, are you rich? And I said, no, I just worked very hard where I saved, you know, you don't have to live like a king out there. You can live off really nothing, um, but I saved up some money, and it was right before I got back. She was working at a fashion company at the time, and they had offered her to come move to New York to work in their New York office. And so she moved out there. She lived in New York for like six months. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the stories are that are coming out are saying that I moved to New York after Bali, and I never have lived in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always lived in Atlanta and then some time in Southeast Asia. Okay. Uh, but I got back in, towards the end of May. And then I think she got back in October, and then we all kind of knew that the show was going to come out at some point. We weren't sure when, but we were thinking around Valentine's Day. And then uh, we talked here and there. We didn't talk too much, but we kind of reconnected. And I ended up moving into a high-rise that is, like, the apartment next to hers. So she lives in the apartment building, like, next to mine. Um, And um, so we communicated back and forth, and... You know, we weren't at a point to where we were trying to have a relationship with each other. I, I think once I got back from Bali, I didn't want that. You know, I just went on this huge, you know, basically travel time like in Asia. And I got back and I was like, well, what do I want to do now? Like I spent this time. And so I started a coaching business and um, I was making a little bit, but I was investing a lot of that money back into the business. And I realized that my money is almost gone and I need to figure something out. And so... Um, I got a job working in sales again, and so I'm still doing that. And uh, still have the coaching business. It's not something that I spend a lot of time with, just due to time itself. Um, but uh, I think the show definitely brought us, you know, in a bigger friendship than I think we've ever had. You know, we talk all the time. Um, we're not, you know, in a relationship with each other. You know, I'm actually, uh, you know, I'm dating, and you know, I don't, I don't know, if, you know, what she's doing right now, but she's just such a sweet individual, and. You know, I'll always be there for her, and uh, you know we we're so blessed that both of us got to go on this you know, experiment together. You know, it's kind of sad that people weren't able to at least see that story. You know, I think for me, I wasn't so upset that we were cut. I was a little bit more upset about how no one got to see what we went through as well. Right. You know, no one got to see that. 
Um, and so I wish that, you know, and maybe in the future people will be able to find that content. I don't, I don't know. Um, but uh, I think we would have been a couple that people would have connected with, that people liked. I have no doubt. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense for the show not to release the content um, in some form uh, with all the relationships that, that grew. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me at all. <laughs> I just don't understand that. Um, but at least I'm able to share your story. You're able to share your story and, um, tell our listeners about your podcast. Yeah. So I have a podcast called the fitness journey podcast. Um, I'm in the phases right now trying to actually relaunch it. Uh, so after the show, I launched a podcast and, uh, for me, I had that extra time and I was like, this is going to be great. Like, you know, in a fitness journey of myself where I lost over 30 pounds and, I went from being uh, overweight but also very depressed to, you know, losing all that weight and being way more confident in myself than I ever had been. And so I wanted to share other people's stories. And I wanted to have people on that have had maybe similar journeys to myself but then have also overcome, you know, crazy things in their life. And so, you know, I was able to interview, um, you know, a lot of my friends but also I interviewed uh, somebody from Survivor named Libby Bensick and she has an amazing story. You know, I interview um, a lot of girls on women's and body positivity and the importance of that. Uh, so I did that for some time, and I did a little bit of it in Asia. And I will tell you, anyone that has a podcast or that plans to travel, it is not easy uh, recording podcasts 10,000 miles away. Um, there were several times to where I was in a place called the Lot Vietnam, and I probably recorded one episode eight times just to edit it down to one episode. Um, just because of the, the quality, you know, and oh I brought the gosh. nicest mic, the nicest equipment I could with me. Um, but uh, it was challenging, but it showed me and it helped me learn editing better than I ever have. <laughs> and uh, so I did that for some time and I kind of want to, you know, I want to start it back because, you know, I miss being able to, to share people's message and you never know the impact one episode can make on someone. You know, I've had people that have reached out and said, Leslie, the person you had today, like I was in their same shoes and, you know, this is going to help me. And so it's good to have those messages and, uh, you know, people being able to be impacted from it. It's so rewarding. I absolutely love podcasting. I can't imagine a time where I won't want to do it because you do get so much from it and um, you do help a lot of people. So I thank you for starting your podcast and I do hope that you're able to relaunch it. And where can people find you on Instagram? So my name is spelled a little differently. Um, I wish I could just say what it is, but people would probably misspell it. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, at Wesley Bear, but Wesley is with a T in the middle. So it's W-E-S-T-L-E-Y, and the last name is B-A-E-R. So I'm on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, and then also you can check out my website, www.wesleybear.com. Um, that website is built all around my coaching business, which is called Unleash Your Purpose. So my whole goal is to help people find their purpose, but not only find their purpose, um, work on themselves in a way where it can unlock their purpose. I think a lot of us know what we want to do in life, but we have a fear or something is holding us back. Uh, for me, it was a bad job and a bad relationship. And I think that once you overcome those fears and get out of that pit or that darkness, it really can help lead you to what you want to do in life. And so, you know, I spent some time doing that, and I still do a little bit of coaching here and there. Um, but right now I'm doing it in a sense where it's not um, – I'm not charging because, you know, right now with all the coronavirus stuff going on and everything in this world, 
uh, we need to help people in every which way we can. And I don't think that money uh, should be at the point of it. I think that we all need to be helping each other get through this. Instagram is where I am mainly at, though. So if anyone is listening to this, can shoot me a message. Let me know you listened. And, you know, I'm able to, you know, share the podcast as well. Um, but I use that um, more than anything. So. Wow, that's incredibly generous. Thank you so much, Wesley. And I do appreciate you sharing uh, our, you know, our episode together for sure. Um, well, I cannot thank you enough for calling in and being a wonderful guest. You are an incredible human being. Um, the world is lucky to have people like you for sure. And um, I do hope that you have a beautiful rest of the year and that your journey continues to surprise you and delight you and you will find that perfect person. I am sure of that. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me as well. Um, and I can't wait to hear it. Well, thank you again, Wesley, and thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Wesley Bear from Love is Blind and continue listening to our series. As always, stay cozy. Bye. Bye.